Hey friends, Mayor Kay here, the host of The Great Day Podcast, and today we have Lori Zeniser. She is the CEO of Amuna of America, an organization that has homes for children of abuse throughout Israel. They are the family for children when their own families can't or won't show up for them. Lori is a fascinating woman who converted to Judaism when she was a young woman and shares with us some really funny stories about that journey. I was cracking up throughout this whole recording, and I'm sure you will too. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I had recording this for you. It was a lot of fun. Stay tuned. Hang out. Laugh out loud if you need be. Yeah, whether you're on the subway, whether you're listening at home in your bed, it's all goody. Be yourself. Enjoy. And hang back, relax, and enjoy the Great Day Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great day podcast. I'm here with the one and only Lori from Amuna. Amuna, Lori, how are you doing, Lori? How are you doing I'm today? Good. Thanks for hosting us today. And uh, we're here at the WeWork office. Um, you guys have, of course, have branches around the world. Um, I'm glad to be able to catch you here at this moment because, for all we know, WeWork not, may not be around point. this time next year. Because then we don't have an office. You got to pivot and move and shake. And which I think you've been doing that for a lot in your life, haven't you? I mean, you're the last person I would think who's who stayed in course and just like followed. followed. Change is my drug of choice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that and coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that being said, I mean, change is. I mean, the only thing in life that's constant is change, um, as some great poet said. But um, bring us, so let us know, I mean, what, what I find fascinating about Amuna, and, and this gives the listeners some uh, history, uh, we, we connected about maybe two years ago now. Uh, Actually, I connected with you earlier. You don't really? remember. Yeah. When no, I was working whoa. at Ohel, you oh. were one of my ropes guys. Oh, right. Yeah. You mean, came out, and I didn't even know how big you were. Well, my back then, that was a low key. That's true. That's yeah. right. That's why I had long hair back in the yeah, day. You did. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. It was like yeah. on the edge. It was like a fundraiser. Very a lot and of you fun. You volunteered, and you were one of the guys that and really helped us out that day. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate. Yeah. It. Well, I'm glad I, you know, I left such yeah. an impression back in the day. You know, I think what also impressed you is that I did a volunteer. I didn't like charge back then. You know, it was like, this is <laughs> this is pre Kay. You know, yeah, I'll come for the cause. You know, <laughs> that's right. Uh, a year later, what? What was that amount? No, um, listen, that was that was a lot of fun. We came out. We supported Ohel. Right, people were facing their fears going over. The, was it 50 stories? Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of repelling down the, uh, a 50-story building. A lot yeah, of fun. It was about 37 stories. 37 stories, it okay. It was good. Yeah, it was fun. You end up doing it yourself? Of course. Yeah, nice. I did it for Amuna too. We did it here as well. Oh, cool. Off this yeah. building that we're in? No, you no. can't do it in Manhattan. There's a Spider-Man law. Oh. You're not allowed to repel off any buildings. That's a shame. Yeah. Until today. No. Okay. I actually tried to re- get it in uh, the Marriott Hotel. Yeah. Because... Um, yeah, have you been in the Marriott Hotel? Like the one in, in, in Manhattan, Times Square. Right? Yeah, sure. It's, that's, it's yeah. hollow. So I went to the manager and I sat with him and I said, "Can we do it inside here?" So I thought, "I'm so clever. I'm, you know, schmadraying around the that's, law. Yeah, it's inside a building." Mm. The guy looked at me and said, "What are you crazy? <laughs> you know how many people have committed suicide? We have 11 suicides oh, here." God. So they had to put up like these wrought iron things. He goes, "I got lawsuits up my wazoo. No oh. repelling." I was like. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. But that, wow. That's, I mean, it's yeah. sad to hear, but also like just sh- shows a testament to your creative genius of like how you're always looking for <laughs> yeah. new ways to like figure out how <laughs> to get it and maneuver yeah. and make things happen. That's yeah. amazing. Well, rumor has it, I mean, it's more than a rumor of facts. Numbers can be proven that ever since you joined Amuna, which I'd love to hear more, let me know more about the organization, yeah. you've really brought, you've really changed it. You brought up like sort of like this dying organization 
to to life. You brought it to life. What you know, a how do you do that? How do you go about coming to an organization and and we'll, and and bring more life to it? Well, um, Amunas actually part of my personal story as well as my professional story. Oh, so okay, let's go there. Let's get personal. Let's do it, Lori. <laughs> let's go. You brought it up. Tell me everything. So um, I am a Garris, and when I actually converted, I was twenty years old. Incredible. So okay, yeah. I mean, twenty years old. Your background's Catholic, Christian, Buddha. Okay. Catholic. Not, not a Buddhist. I'm, my family's Catholic. <laughs> family's Catholic, and you're the only one in your family that has converted. Yes, because yeah. my family has been with me through this journey, and when they spend Shabbos with me or any other holidays, they're like, "This is mental. Wow. I would never do this. Too much work." Wow. As my father says, he's happy as a goy because he said, "If I had to go to synagogue this much, I don't even know what I would do." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. take me down that road. That's insane. I mean, yeah. you're 20 years old. What led you to this point, this pivotal point in your life? You're like, you know what? I'm. I want to search for God or a different like or. I've always been religious as a child. Mm -hmm. My parents are not religious at all. They sent me to a very religious Catholic school. And I was actually a very quiet kid. I know it's surprising, but yes, in grade school, high school, I was pretty quiet. Mm. But um, went to like a school knee high is the whole little like, yeah, yeah, the whole Catholic girl outfit. Yeah. And um, trigger. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. So when we went, we'd have to go to confession once a week. Yeah. So there was a priest in grade school that was very uh, influential in my journey um Mm. it's allegedly that you know racial profiling that i don't look typically jewish i look like a shiksa i've had had people say that to me (laughs) on that note is shiksa do you find it derogatory depends how you say it i guess if you say it, it's fine right well like i always say like when people talk about my family i say i want to make it clear they're goyim they're not shkutzim (laughs) there is a difference (laughs) so (laughs) what was the hardest okay (laughs) that's amazing all right so so the this was a priest, priest yeah. he shout looked, out to the priest. He looks very. Name? I don't want to say his name okay. because okay, fine. he has his own his own journey. Right. Anyway, is he, he Jewish too now? Yes, Baruch Hashem. What? Yeah. yeah. So Whoa. this is the story. He looks typically Jewish. You know, curly hair, little glasses. You mm. know, the whole thing. Anyway, he was a priest. His parents were Holocaust survivors. They converted after the war, wow. and they became Catholics. He became a priest. So when I would go into confession, because I'm all about the source, I want to know where did it come, where did it start? Give me the facts. And every time I'd ask a Shila in confession, <laughs> okay. he'd say, um, you know what, I'm going to go ask my cousin. He's a rabbi. And he'll, he, you know, I'll see what he says. And then he'd come back the following week and he would tell me like the source. And then we would chat. So I would be like, I'm in eighth grade and like I'm in confession for like 20 minutes. And that's a long time because most people go in and say, oh, I was mean to my brother and I said a bad word. And then you get three Hail Marys and you're out. <laughs> so I'm in there for 20 minutes what and my friends you... would be like, what did Ann do? Oh my God. Right. Like, what did she I want to hang do? out with her more. Mm-hmm. And, um, Anyway, so he started me on the journey but of questions. Actually, like, why are you hanging out in the convention for twenty minutes? Like, what, because what, he was talking. We were ta- just, we were chatting about talking out, sources like, and wow. like I used to say, if Jesus was Jewish, then I don't understand. He died a Jew. Why aren't we all Jewish? Huh. In fact, in eighth grade, they would take us to a temple in Toronto, Temple Sinai, um, for like a seder to to see how Jesus' last supper was. Sure. So it made no se- it made no sense to me. Yeah. It was just like like why not go to the to the source of things. Right. And also like they always say you have to pray to Jesus. Well I like to go to the top. Wow. <laughs> cut the middleman. Yeah, cut with the middleman. I don't need a distributor. Fundraiser as well. Right. Yeah. He's a distributor. I don't yeah. need to <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Save on costs. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, so um 
And then in eighth grade, we had to do like a chesed project to graduate. Okay. So everybody went to this Italian um, club and seniors home. And I went to the Baycrest Center, which is a Jewish um, old age home in Toronto. I don't know why. I just went there. Mm. Um, also, as a kid, um, I always feel like I'm a victim of soul displacement. Like a melech got my soul <laughs> confused. <laughs> okay. Like I was really meant to be Jewish because when my mom was pregnant, they were really young. Um, well, they do say that, right? I mean, within like within this within like Torah, they say like you know any soul anybody who's converted, their soul was at Mount at Har Sinai. Har Sinai, right? So, I think for sure I was like so a Polish. I, I was Polish uh, for sure. <laughs> I love Yiddish and everything, <laughs> but. Um, when my mom was young, uh, she was 17 and my dad was 18. They were married and they got married very young. And my mom, the doctor, a Jewish doctor, thought my mom was going to give me up because she was so young. Mm -hmm. So he said, I have an Orthodox family for you uh, that would take your baby, pay for your fees, and blah, blah, blah. And my mother's like, no, you're not taking my baby. So then I go forward. Around 9 or 10, I got diagnosed with a milk allergy. Severe, like anaphylactic, almost died. Oh, wow. Was that a th I didn't know that was a thing. So yeah, it's, a, it's a, like thing. a strong, like a very intense case of like this being lactose intolerant. Yeah, Sounds it's not nice. even. It's it's just it's a true allergy where my uh -huh. throat closes up and you know. Okay. So, I couldn't eat meat and milk anymore. So the doctor had told my mom buy her kosher meat because they put some lactate enzyme or something into treif meat, and I'm very allergic to this enzyme. So my mom, we lived in a Jewish neighborhood, so my mom would go to the kosher butcher store in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because that butcher store, one of those women that owned it. Um, were big Amuna, you know, uh, supporters. They're big uh, machers. So okay. they got to know my mom, obviously, because how many non-Jewish women were walking in with two little kids <laughs> buying kosher meat that they needed? Right. So she didn't buy it for everybody because it was expensive. She's like, I'm not going to buy this for everyone. And she always says, thank God she didn't because people always say, why should, how'd you get an Orthodox? She says, it had to be a kosher meat. She's like, I'm glad we didn't eat it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's one thing, one daughter, you know, the rest yeah. of the family. Yeah. It all goes back to the work. That's They're all like... It's just too much work. It's just work. too much work. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. So anyway, so then um, all these little things. And then I decided when I was a teenager, I started working at a, um, I, oh, they called me at that temple. They needed babysitters on the high holidays. Mm. And so it was a reform temple. So I remember I was there with my girlfriend and I was 16. I was really sheltered, didn't know anything. And everyone was coming into the nursery to drop off the kids and they're like we'll get you when the chauffeur's coming you know when the chauffeur's coming when the chauffeur's coming and my girlfriend and i are like oh my god jews really are so rich they all have chauffeurs <laughs> <laughs> so we were just like wow oh, so they all funny. have chauffeurs For those who don't know that's so funny the chauffeur is the ram's horn that we you know that jews blow on on the yeah. new year yeah. um that's very funny yeah. yeah actually when i went home and told my mom my mom was like what is wrong with you? You don't know what it, that's a horn. And like my mom, because you know, she lived in a Jewish neighborhood right. and Jewish friends. So sure. she couldn't believe how stupid I was. Yeah. But I, I thought it was really like a chauffeur, you know? <laughs> so, and so I kept going to all these, even my, I was a, um, where else did I go? Oh, I was at Camp Rena. It's a Jewish foundation for individuals with disabilities um, okay. in Toronto. I was the camper. I was a, not a camper. Staff member? <laughs> counselor? <laughs> yeah. I was a staff member. I mean, you're special. Yeah, I mean, I'm special, anyways. definitely. A special yes. snowflake, as my yes. kids say. But um, yeah, so interesting thing is, it was two non-Jewish people, me and another boy. 
they had to have like you like a Shabbos goy there. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the, you know, for uh, to get the government funding, they had to be inclusive. So I you was the, the token, token. <laughs> and oh. and David was, and then the camper was a token. Oh man! And wow. so the truth comes out. Yeah. So on Shabbos, you know, like I was really getting immersed in it. Just. I love rituals and mm-hmm. everything has meaning. Like I remember as a kid asking my mom, mom, what's a Christmas tree? What's it mean? And my mother's like, I don't know. It's just a tree. We decorate it. You yeah. know, like, right. just, it's like, okay. <laughs> so you always were just something that, that you like to just like go a bit deeper, know the meaning behind it. Yeah. So you already felt connected with God. Did you feel like your connection with God shifted and changed when you did the conversion? Or do you feel like it's the same God, just, just your connection? Same God, just a deeper connection. You feel it's a deeper connection because I'm connecting with it every day. Like everything I do, I do drink a cup of tea, I make a bracha. You know what I mean? Everything you do is godliness. Mm. You know, in, when you're a Jew, even your behavior, you're more alert. You know, even sneeze. You know, you wear a short sleeve. In my old world, I never even thought for one moment about being sleeveless. Or, you know, these aren't. You know, it's just an arm. Yeah. But you become more in tune. You know, covering my hair, that was a very big deal. Mm. Yeah, even, sure. Even though I, I don't like to pick and choose my halachas, you know, I try to do the best I can. Sure. But covering my hair for me is a little bit, that's a difficult one. Yeah. Because I don't feel it's so sneeze. Like, ob- I think to be really sneeze, it would be like a little tickle or mm. know, a little thing on. So you making it look even nicer than what the hair would look like? Yeah. It's just, I don't want to look like a smurf. You know, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm working. I can't look like that. So. Right. Fair enough. But if I lived in Israel, probably I would do that. Okay. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you feel like the, um, do you have a favorite mitzvah? Um, chesed. Like, chesed. You know, helping, you know, um, you know, the, the Klal Yisrael. That's like, for me, the, the biggest joy that I can combine my professional with a passion. You know, I was always thinking about it recently because my kids, I was like, what's my, I don't have a passion. And I was like trying to figure out 52 what's my passion you know yeah, some sure. people it's sports it's this and in the end my kids were like mom sadaka that's your passion that's what you love to do because even when i said you know oh this fundraising so hard i can't do it it's like we're all pulling from the same pool and i'm like my kids were like mom if you quit being paid to do chesed you'll just be doing it for free so you might wow. as well just continue that's so <laughs> that's, and, and, and i mean that's incredible and the few times i've seen you in action your passion and your does come forth and before we go down the amuna road i just i mean i just want to just touch base on some of the things from like, from just your the conversion and, and this whole new way of life and being which i find so fascinating um so what did that process look like i mean also did you try to go because you did have some sort of background with reform judaism did you first go down that, that route and yeah what made you choose to go down more of an orthodox path so i actually converted conservative first okay that was when i was 20 People always say, were you getting married? No, I was not getting married. <laughs> I yeah, was a you single woman. Love, right. right. So I was 20 years old and I converted through a conservative uh, shul, an Orthodox rabbi. Back in the day, most of the, the shuls had like Orthodox uh, rabbis. And so it's like a university course. You know, you go a couple nights a week. The text is correct. It's just the practicality isn't mm. the same. Um, I went to shul. It was funny because in the conservative shows, I, I was sitting with all the old guys and old ladies all the time because it wasn't really, you know, they're more, they go for the high holidays. Sure, and right, like right. That. No, not more daily and weekly. Um, I actually joined the choir. I have the most horrific voice. <laughs> I told them I wouldn't sing. My friends were like, you're the biggest neb. But I, <laughs> but I had to because I had thought, 
how am I going to teach my kids these songs? Like, you know, right. I got to learn these songs. That's so right. So that's, that's, that's I promised smart. the choir director I wouldn't actually really sing. I will just mouth. <laughs> you just wanted to learn the, the learn. I wanted that. to that's learn all clever. the terms. Yeah. I went to Hebrew school four days a week. Wow. Before I went to work. At that time, I was working at the University of Toronto as a production assistant. Wow. So I would go in the morning. I had a private tutor. And um, a couple, oh, two were at night. I went with my cousin, actually. It was very aggravating because my cousin, they called me Chaya because they said it was full of life. And they called my cousin. Which, I, which is true. Which is, oh, which is very you. spot on. Uh, Sephora Gadol, which was my cousin who's like 5'10". But she was catching on so well. Like she's linguistically inclined and she's sitting there spewing Hebrew and I'm sitting there like, <laughs> the good news is I could say ha. Yes. You know. I was going to actually say, did you have any issues with any specific no. Jewish words or no. Yiddish? No? No. So you can my, nail the chum. My parents always say, you can name your kids anything, just don't put any like... <laughs> like my father says, it sounds like you're throwing up in your throat every time you say that name. You know? okay. Can your parents not nail the chum? It's not, it's, not past, it's, not, it's not a genetic thing? My mom can't say it. Your mom can't say it? No. Wow. But I'm sure it was very, very super helpful that you had parents and family that were supportive in your decision. Because I know, 100%. I mean, from a Jewish perspective, right? Anybody, God forbid, who, who does convert to any other religion, you know, it, it's, it's you're out. The, it's, you're out. It's the worst <laughs> thing you could possibly do. Yeah. That and, you know, marrying out of the faith. But, and I also know that from other religions, right? People who, let's say, who are part of the Islam movement or even Christianity, right? It's like you're leaving the family. I have friends who I went to school with. Um, I remember I met someone. So a couple of years ago, and this she's Irish, and this boy that I went to school with, she boyfriend? Said, no, oh, okay, no. Yeah. She said, you know, back in the day, grade school, I was Lorianne. Lorianne, you don't want to, you want to know what happened to Paul? And I'm like, what happened? He intermarried, and I said, oh, to a Muslim, a Jewish girl? No, a Protestant. So I know Jews right. think all Goyim are the same, but they're <laughs> 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 not. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. But, right. So yeah. I mean, so in that in that arena, like it was, I guess I'm sure it was quite helpful that you were able to have leaned on that family, and and they're still involved in your life till today, which is a blessing, I'm sure. Right. So after the, you know, when you do the going back to the conservative conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks for bringing that back in. Have you done podcast? I mean, yeah, you know, we're gonna bring it back now to what we're talking about. Very good. That, that was very helpful. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sorry. No, it's great. I, you're doing my job for me. This is good. We. I found out from another rabbi that lived on my street that I wasn't, I had a shyla, and he said, don't worry, you're not Jewish. So I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you're not Jewish. I said, yes, I am. I converted. He said, no, you're not. Wow. You have to convert Orthodox. Wait a second. Take me to that moment. Like, you just put all this time, effort, and, like, willingness to do this. How did that news land on you? It was like, whew. It was a big shock. Yeah. I was, I have to tell you, I was shocked. I mean, I was keeping kosher as best as I could, living with non-Jewish parents. <laughs> my mom had a pan for me and she yeah. would make food in there, but my mom knew no halachas or anything. And at that point I was not cooking. Um, but, and then I moved out on my own. So it was easier to keep kosher, but it was like this whole, like, wow, like I have a girlfriend from high school. I went to a very, I ended up leaving the Catholic high school. I went to a pu- public school for my last year of high school and it was a very Jewish high school. Like 90% of the kids that went to this public high school were Jewish. And the same thing happened to her. Her mother converted reform. She met a guy in college, was more religious. She was going to become Orthodox, and they told her she wasn't Jewish. Mm. It's like this whole, like, what do you mean? You yeah, know? your whole, like, belief system just gets shattered right. down. So he says, it's not for you. I said, no, no, it's for me. So, of uh, course. He's doing the good old, good old push you away from the religion thing, huh? Push me away. Good old Rabbi 101. Right. So, um, and ended up, you know, making a point with the based in Toronto. 
and it was not easy. Which is pretty impressive. I mean, before you move on, and, and I want to hear more about the specific process, but like, I know a lot of people who've gone down the reform conservative, you know, path, and then yeah. once they hear that, you know, orthodoxy do- doesn't support it and accept it, like they're like, screw this, you know, I'm just they throw their hands up, they're burnt out, or they just like stop there. But you were like, no, I want to keep going, I want to do it right. Right. So um, the base didn't finally took me in, and um, and thank God it only took me five months, and I wasn't pregnant, so that was a real big, uh, <laughs> uh. you know, usually they, you know, speed those ones up a little bit. Uh, they're not supposed to, but they do mm-hmm. um, sometimes, but um, right. so normally well, it takes a couple of years. It can take years. Yeah. I knew girls who were in it for Three years, years and years. years. Sure. So I think the reason it happened, you know, they say with the, with the Orthodox, I had already studied for so long, so I had a lot of the text, but I didn't have the practical and like a perfect example of that practical is when I went to um, I went to someone's house. Uh, I was really in the yeshiva crowd. Like it was really interesting. I don't know why they accepted me in, and they really they were so great, but they did. And nice. it was like the aguda, the yeshivish crowd from there, Israel in Toronto. Anyway, I went to someone's house for Friday night. It was like my first Shabbos, a real Shabbos. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to a lot of Shabbos, but not with Orthodox people. And I it was I was late, and I couldn't. I couldn't find the numbers on the house. I'm running back and forth. Anyway, I walked in. They had already washed. They weren't talking. All right. And they're all going, hmm, 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 hmm. I'm like, hi, I'm Lori. I'm so excited. <laughs> and they're like, hmm, hmm, hmm. You're like, what's and wrong with these juices? No, I thought they were deaf. Oh. I thought they were all deaf. <laughs> I thought they couldn't speak. So I was like, oh, my gosh. No one told me they were deaf. <laughs> so I was like, okay, how am I going to do with this? And then they they finally, they spoke. I went, I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, okay. dodge that bullet. Yeah, but, you know, when you're coming from an outsider, right, right. all these things look so, you know. So many rituals, so many things. You like, what, what, yeah, like something like that. It could be so confusing for you. But right, right. Wow. Okay. So, so then, um, so it was just. Go, so I was living like a Jew. They told me to live like a Jew, but you have Immerse to... Immerse yourself. You have to break one thing, right? Machal something Machal. every week. What was right. your... Did you have a go-to? Light. Just turn on the light? Yeah. Okay. So I remember actually the morning of I like my TV conversion. Maybe. No? Okay. No, light. no, the light. Some... I remember the morning of my conversion. I love Big Macs. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Yitzhahara. I mean, even when I was pregnant, I asked to Shiloh because, you know... A, they a good say cheeseburger. You, you can have whatever... No, I could never have the cheese because... Ah, that's true, right. That's right. But... Um, it's one of those things. I thought the last, the day before I was going, I thought maybe I should just have one more Big Mac before I go. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. Wow, and, um, you. You held mm-hmm. it back. I held back my Yitzhara. Oof. But, um, and once in a while, is that something that comes back? Do you have like, you know, sort of a good dream that you wake up to like, oh, wow. Like no, walking to like a McDonald's or something, having a Big Mac? No, it's almost 30 years. Wow, okay. So my parents think I... I'm embellishing the memory. They're like, it's not that good. <laughs> but <laughs> right. my memory, it was. Even the one at McDonald's in, in Israel doesn't taste the same. Oh, but, yeah. No, of course not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can't imagine. The fact that- but I think the reason the, the rabbis, it was really, I, I got lucky when I was converting because, you know, they're sitting there. It's pretty intimidating. You know, there's like six or seven guys. It's like, it's like a congressional hearing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they put you, I was always on a small chair. I don't know if they did it on purpose. It was a tiny chair. Mm, interrogation tactics. Yeah. And, keep you up um, late at night, keeping, you know, is it day or night? No one knows. Right. Okay. And what happened was I was a little bit down because I was like, how am I going to move on with my life? Because mm-hmm. I'm 22 at this point. Yeah. And Jewish guy's not going to date me, obviously. I'm at least a good boy. 
<laughs> so an Orthodox guy. And so I went in and in the based in and I said to them, I said, look, I want to, you keep telling me to live as a Jew. I am like, when am I going to go to the mikvah? Because like, you're, you're holding me back. And so one of the rabbis, like I had a dream team up there. I had the big hitters, Rabbi Lowy, Rabbi Shochet, Rabbi Ox. Like these are huge, you know, Rabbeim from yeah. Toronto. And I said, they said, one rabbi said, oh, you're very young. Don't worry. And I said, well, how old was your wife and daughters when they got married? Yeah. And he said, you're going to the mikvah tomorrow. And, wow. and that was it. And then the next day I went to the mikvah and um, it was a little intimidating, the mikvah part. Um, you know, I don't know if they've modified how they do things, but it's, um, you know, they're there. Yeah, I yeah. think it's still there. The rabbis are there. Yeah, yeah, they're there. Yeah, like they, so they turn around for like a second or something. No, they they put like a like like a screen. But when you're in it, like I had six rabbis there. Wow. And That's you're in the water. Yeah. It's, it's a little uncomfortable. Like yeah. you know, you got these six men standing there. And so when the when I go under the mikvah lady says, you know, kosher, right. kosher. Right. Yeah. I don't think the whole crew looks, but it was just like I'm under the water. But it's still Rabbi Borns, Please turn around, <laughs> Rabbi. <laughs> But the thing is, it's they ask you questions when you're in the water. So uh, underwater? No, no, no. Like, that okay. would be tricky. You sure, you want to you want to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they ask you a bunch of questions, and such so, as, do you believe in the Torah? Blah 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 blah. Do you believe? You know, the last question they asked me was a little technical. What I have to say that I was a little bit like, hmm, mm -hmm. because it was a whole question about the era of, um, and the. The, the era of like the era for Shabbos like in Toronto. In Toronto, oh. it was an Arab question, and they said, "Do you hold that there's no Arab in Toronto?" Whoa! Yeah, politics. I thought that was a yeah. political question. That's exactly. like throwing that one in. Exactly. Okay. So at the time, I'm single. I don't have children. I don't have carriages. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Sure. There's no Arab. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, so that one was a That's little bit like so. Coming um, out of that water, did what was that euphoric? Yeah, it was like. That's my actual birthday. Oh. Yeah, because I was born in April. And but that's, you consider 22nd of Cheshven. It was October 30th. That's your birthday? Yeah. Do you get it legally changed? No, can no. You just get, could you legally, I don't know how that even no. works. No. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. <laughs> I got confused there with name. Yeah, I don't think you could change your birthday. No. I, I want to be 27. <laughs> okay, let's dial that back. I don't know if I'm 30. I'm looking a little rough for 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah, so... So now if someone wants to go in and convert, would you tell them to do it? No way. No. No, the based used to send people to me all the time mm -hmm. to vet some women, you know, young women. I always said to the based I said, you don't want them to come, join, don't worry about it. Just have them follow a Jewish woman two weeks before Pesach, they'll be done. <laughs> because <laughs> actually in 2016, I had a life-threatening event and I was hospitalized and my sisters um, came to help me kosher for Pesach. And... They were just, and my daughter, they were completely traumatized because my daughter had never done it either. And uh, they were like, this is insane what you have to do. Like, they couldn't believe it. And, uh, but that's the kind of family I have, you know? Right. They think it's crazy, but they're supportive. And there's my non-Jewish family scrubbing, cleaning, pulling things. And they flew in from Toronto to do it for me. One day they did it. Yeah. Wow. So. Do you get, do you get bothered by when you see Jews, Orthodox Jews, like not keeping to the laws or not keeping to like halacha and like say like, what's going on here? Because I think when it comes to like someone with conversion, they have to keep everything, right? There's no yeah. like half, halfway doing it. You got to right. do, got to do it all. Where if you're born Jewish, 
you know, you don't have to keep anything and you're still considered Jewish. Yeah, but to 120, you're still going to be judged just like me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll be more favorable because God loves a convert. Hey, <laughs> wow, using the convert card. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, when, does, when does it come in handy? Um, at my last job, they told me to, um, they wanted me to find some pasuk that would make sense with a donor for a gift or something. And I, I'm like, I don't know if you know, I don't have any, um, you know, Jewish education when it comes to, I know halacha, sure. and of course I'm well-read, and, but I'm actually trying to learn like nachyomi right now. And I'm sitting there going, huh? <laughs> because there's certain things that, you know, they talk about that probably you learned in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, which I didn't because it's, sure. it's deeper, right? Totally. But um, yeah, so it's like, you know, if people are being a little judgy on me. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm a convert. <laughs> guilt them. Well, you, well, you, you they'll definitely nail the guilt card. So, like, you know, definitely definitely that regard. I've learned, I've learned that well. And uh, between the Catholic guilt and Jewish guilt, I've got it all covered. Did you find it hard to uh, date being a convert? No. 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 Um, you know, it's one of those things that I was young. So, you right. know, I was 25 when I got married. Um I think it was harder for my children. That's mm. that always like bullying being picked me. on, like people. Yeah, like fr- in, really? in school, um, it really bothers me. That's what bothers me. You know, I own my conversion. I'm out because I know a lot of closeted um, converts, and I don't blame them. What's that mean, closeted converts? Like they, they don't, don't tell, share that they're they converted at all. They will not tell anybody. Really, it's like, even today. Yeah, I know quite a few women. They will not say a word. They don't tell anybody about it. Because people are, unfortunately, you know, uh, the Jews, is, is a, it's an exclusive club. And um, as much as, you know, you know, we love the convert, don't really want them in our family, you know, marry our children. Mm. Um, it's a reality, uh, you know, but there's a lot of people out there. And, you know, even when I got remarried, um, yeah. you know, unfortunately, I got divorced and I didn't know if I would be able to get Mazel remarried tov, again. Say, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and thank God I was able to find someone who looked at it as something really incredible as opposed to as a deficit. Because, you know, it does come with a, a pechalach. You know what I mean? Sure. I got a whole uh, crew. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you got, but then again, don't we all have our own baggages, right? We all yeah, have but I'm own. very involved with my family. So mm-hmm. you had to be able to, to handle deal. that. Right. You know? Cousins or holidays. Yeah. And but my kids got a lot of, particularly my son, you know, your mom's a Jesus lover. Wow. Um, you know. That's so rough, right? I mean, kids could be so, like, when growing up, right, we're just, like, figuring out ourselves. And it's, like, it's just hard. Like, people just, like, latch on to, like, these Yeah, your mom's that... a shiksa. You know, my, he, he would get that a lot. So I remember the principal called me, and he said, like, what do you want me to do? He goes, I'll just I'll suspend them. I'm like, how about you just teach about who the important converts are through history and how they've affected the Torah wow. and you know why don't we that's educate a very proactive them? and healthy approach mm, send them home to watch TV that's not going to help hmm. um, so that you know even with my daughter with Shadokham you know was that something that came up oh yeah for sure and my ex-husband's not on the derech so it's mm-hmm. like it's tough right right, right so right. you know these things so, I mean it's challenges even for Balachubas you know for sure I mean? right it, we, we all have our everybody has their right, challenges their, their thing. I will tell you the one thing that bothers me the most is when I became a convert, 
I, I thought that the Jews were with one big happy family. They all loved each other. And in my found out no not so much like i was so that disheartens me more than anti-semitism i hate it when i hear jew bashing i hate when i hear an eskenaz talk about a spartan or or uh, uh you know a right wing talk about somebody who's reform mm. it's just it's horrible when it's within like within the tribe within the community that right that it, it, it is quite sad but there's also i mean there i mean on the opposite side there is also right there is a lot of you know a love and care, but when you right, especially from the outside, when you assume one thing, like oh, it's it's all one big family, but you get into the this 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 well, I'm specifics. in the family now, right? Right, and, and that's you hear the, the family. That's banter the, and the um yeah and the and the inner dialogues that take place. Well, that's the dirty laundry, right? Because I was at that march last Sunday. Yeah, that's the beauty. Last Sunday, right? We're talking about the solidarity march that took place yeah. um, in New York, um, in stand of. Uh, all the anti-Semitic attacks that have been taking place right. over these few months in New York City and throughout throughout the states, so throughout the world, really. So that twenty-five thousand people was something beautiful. To that see. was special. Yeah. yeah, every every background, no matter where, what, how, everybody showed up. That was right. really special. And that was actually that Muna was part of those one of the organiza- organizers yes. for that event, which was really special. So bring me over to the um, this bridge between you said because it was personal and also professional. How how so. I know earlier on you mentioned that some of the Amuna leaders in Toronto, that the uh, the meat, the, the supermarket that you would buy from were part of Amuna. Right. Was that the connection? No, I didn't know till after okay. when I joined Amuna. So what happened was I got married. I was 25 years old. I had a lot of Jewish friends, um, but they weren't from. I needed to find a community of people of like-mindedness. So, um, And the people that I had met at the Aguda, because I started at the Aguda, mm-hmm. um, they were probably about 12 years older than me. So they were further ahead and they were amazing, but you know, they had four or five kids already. Sure, yeah. So I was looking for young women. And uh, so someone had told me about a Muna meeting. So I went to an Amuna meeting and, um, and it was like, it just clicked with me because even though I tended to be more right, I didn't realize cause my kids were more right school, right wing school. Until I got into that school, I didn't even realize how pro-Israel I was and how it was so important. Like, they didn't celebrate Yom Hatzimut. They didn't. And that, by the mm. word, that, that word took me about 17 years to learn how to say it. <laughs> well, you, you rattle off like a, uh, like a pro. I was you a little nervous there. I had a little stage fright. My kids would Couldn't be, tell. like, howling. <laughs> they, they would make fun of me all day Nailed long. It. Mom, what's that holiday? <laughs> <laughs> say it again. Say it again. <laughs> Yom Hatzimut. Wow. So, I mean, so... Did you ever actually think about making Aliyah, living in Israel? Was that everything across your mind? Um, yeah, but I have to say, uh, moving to New York was traumatic enough. I mean, I'm Canadian. Yes. We generally live and stay where we are. And um, I had a great crew of friends. And so the thought of being, you know, I was a stranger in a community. Yeah. And then to start again in another community, um, at least in Israel, I'm one of many. Like, you know, there's a lot of people. but. Totally. No, nah, not with my kids and everything at this time. But um, so yeah, what, so Amuna what, was yeah. amazing. It was amazing. And so, so what drew you in? Like, I mean, what drew you in to, to, I mean, there are so many incredible Chesed. organizations. I mean, Chesed, of course, you're passionate about, but why Amuna? What, what's about Amuna that talked to you? Like, you know what? I want to dedicate my time and my life to this. Because they do amazing work. Um, you know, we have five uh, homes in Israel. And, when you uh, entered, when you joined Amuna, did they have five homes at yes. that time? Yeah. At that time, though, the way the affiliates, um, Amuna is an international organization. So each country raises money for Amuna and sends it to support the projects. So I was with Canada, and at that time, uh, we took care of Neve 
Michael, which is an amazing home, has two crisis centers. Um, when we talk about a home, we're talking about a, 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 an orphanage. We're talking about a, a well, home no, where- not all of them are orphans. Um, some of them are, you know, children that have been removed for like unthinkable trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that I've always had a hard time getting my head around. Even now, when I go, every time doesn't it never gets old. I I can't get over that Jews. Are behaving so badly you know yeah i mean they're human beings human beings exactly and it's really an unrealistic thing i mean israel's a real country but when you hear the horror i just you know because i came into this i always think that jews are on a higher level like when i see an orthodox person committing uh, you hold them up to a higher standard yes i i i I get so upset because i'm like oh my gosh you're an orthodox jew you should know better you know i know it's a little naive but yes right ultimately i mean it's true i mean there is a certain like you know higher standard and way of living like and hopefully we will be able to have that integrity to follow through but yeah then also ultimately it's like and which is hard right from the outside people could sort of subjugate and put everybody in that one pool like oh these are all bad people it's like no ultimately you have to look at as 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 an individual like he's a human being and you know, what kind of atrocities and what kind of harm and, and tragedy took place in his life or her life that, you know, sort of like we didn't, they didn't stop that cycle and they passed it on to their children. So it's, it's very sad. And it's, yeah, I think it's, it's a point to be made that not to be able, not to put everybody into one pool. Like, yeah, you know, these are all bad people. Or it is, but it, yeah, and it's hard to see within your own community, within your own people that such right. things could take place and happen. Because overall, we know Jews do incredible work and have... Inc- you know, giving incredible things to this world. And, yeah. you know, uh, the contributions are too large to, to, to mention. But, yeah. but then again, um, here's a Jewish organization like in the moon of that stepping in and helping those children who are coming from these battered homes and these abusive homes to give them a home. And I actually saw firsthand by this, the latest dinner that you had, you had, I forgot her, her name, but it was beautiful to see. Um, I think she's from Ethiopian descent and she was, she's grew up in Israel. Sarah. And she Segu grew up, or and she Sarah came, Segu, yeah, yeah, and she was, she, I mean, she spoke so beautifully, and she, and she, there she was. She came from a, a, you know, a, a home that was quite abusive. Muna brought her in, and like, just fast forward, and like, they, you guys welcomed on her husband, and then she you welcomed on her her son, and then right. she was pregnant with her second child, which was like beautiful. What she expressed that would never have happened. Right, without being saved by and, and being welcomed into the Amuna family. So I spent my days because at that time I was a stay-at-home mom, and um, there was a whole crew of women um, with us. And what's great is like I met my best friend, you know, one of my best friends from Amuna, um, Ariella Weiss, who's the chairman of the board of Canada. So even when this job came up, she was like, "You have to take the job. We owe it to Amuna." Like you, she always says, "We owe our our friendship to Amuna." Uh, and um, you came in as like an entry level just working on like just we were just volunteers volunteers but we were this we were just more than volunteers because we have this crew that you know one person this woman sarah rackland she was like she still is the treasurer like she's doing the job of a full-time bookkeeper but as a volunteer you know we went through the ranks and then before i left i was chairman of the board for canada and um so when the job came up it just was a perfect shidduch because I didn't even have to n- learn the product. You know what I mean? I yeah, knew what the chesed was. It. I've been living it, working my kishkas out for years. You know, we dropped the kids off a carpool and then we would. And I will say Amun also afforded me the opportunity to hone, keep my skills current. Um, Which are? Uh, my, my communication skills, my fundraising skills, because right. I wanted to... Um, you know, make sure that I could one day go back to work. Yeah, and totally. uh, so, so yeah, so keeping them sharp and yeah, and 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 a, and a great leader and fundraiser you are. I mean, you definitely wow. yeah, <laughs> definitely expanded the organization to a tremendous new heights. So that's well, you know, um, 
my our president Johanna Gutman Herskowitz has a really good line. I love it. She said she had said at the dinner, Amuna is your grandmother's organization. It was your mother's organization. Now it's our organization, and even the generation under me. You know, it's 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 a great chesed. It's one of the first ones because you know it's from Hapal Mizrahi. Yeah. Uh, these are the ladies that uh, fundraise for all the money to to start the state of Israel. And I think it's really cool to mention that the organization is is pretty much ran it's it's not pretty much. It's ran by an all woman crew. Like it's all it's all it's an all woman um, leadership and that are that are leading this uh, Yeah, it's pretty wo- I mean, it's pretty woman centric. Of course we like our men and um, you yeah. know, we're we're not in, in doses and doses. <laughs> we're not exclusive. Well, I mean the past what since the, <laughs> since the organization has been uh, started, it's only I mean the leader, the CEOs have only been women, right? Yeah. Is that intentional? Yes. I think, it, uh-huh. I mean, there has been discussions about having men yeah. in those roles, but I always tell them that if you're going to have a man in the in, in these roles, our meetings are going to have to change. <laughs> why? How so and why is that? Well, I've been on some boards in, in my past that are male-centric. I was the only woman on a board. And men and women are different and how they deal with things uh women are much more chatty uh we like to discuss a little more and um men are just like boom let's get it done we need this okay let's get it done let's get it done and then they get up and go okay let's go out you know uh, and get it done and get it done right Uh women tend to be we're more engaging we're you know that's one thing i will say the difference is when you're fundraising is um women are collaborators natural collaborators and so you know, Amit now has added men to their board. And I, you know, this was talk about also here to add men, but I think it would be sad um, because there's not many chesids uh, for Orthodox women to have a voice, to have leadership roles, and to be able to um, really steer the ship and, and make impactful decisions that will impact the lives of people on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important to have this female voice, but of course we have men in our office that work for yeah. us, and um, the CEO in Israel he's also male, and right. you know so obviously we have a lot of partners. Okay. Got but it. I think for the affiliates generally it's going to stick to being female, and I think girl power is important. Cool. Okay. Great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, hear, I definitely hear that. I mean, it's in the in the age of which you know now it's you know about just like sharing roles and like opening up things, opening up. You know what used to be just maybe all all male leadership and and vice versa. Um, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's. it's well, we re- do have men. Um, we do have. You- we have young leaders on our board. Uh, men, men, uh, you know, on our board. Yeah. So, Michael. Yeah. yeah. Michael Reidler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we got it. Um, one of many. Kohanari, one of many. I'm sure. Kohanarim. I'll give him a shout out. Kohanarim. Kohanarim. Yeah. He's our partner, and uh, he staffs our summer programs and um, raises significant funds for Amuna. So, yay, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it, 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 what, what also was imp- really impressive to see is how the, um, how Amunas empowers the, the, the youth and, and the young, young adults to like really take, step it up and take, take, um, strong leadership roles in the organization. Cause I mean, I think you understand that that is the future, right? I mean, you could have the donors and people like filling up, you know, helping up fund and, and raise money to, to move, make them make the programs happen, but it really takes mm-hmm. the feet on the ground. So it's really cool that you, you really show a lot of respect and, and give them space to run with it. Do you think though that Amuna will branch out 
I know although a lot of work is in Israel to like helping families out here in the states or other countries. Um, well, our 501c3 is for you know um, our activities in Israel. We do projects here that we try to create um, partnerships. So we're always looking for opportunities to, you know, co-brand with someone or not just brand, but you know, to do a joint project with them. Mm-hmm. So um, if we have those opportunities, we will. But generally, all our fundraising efforts are for. Israel, like to get that money to Israel. Mm. And um, do we want to have more uh, activities here? Yes. So how we do that is like we have a bar bat mitzvah program where we encourage, you know, young kids like we're in Connecticut now. We're going to areas that are not necessarily orthodox, reform, conservative, egalitarian and, um, you know, trying to assist in having meaningful bar bat mitzvahs. So they'll do a chesed project here which engages community and family here. And then they raise some monies and then they go to Israel and they have a simcha with our kids there. Yeah, in the home. Yeah, yeah. that's so really that's that, really nice. Yeah, that is awesome. And it's um, it really gives you also these kids, like our kids here are pretty privileged, you know. Um, Compared to the children that are in the sure, homes. Absolutely. Sure. Not yours. Yeah. And it's, it's like a, a, a little bit of an aha moment for these kids, you know, to, to meet other children who may not. You know, we just got an email. I got an email today about a little girl. She couldn't believe that little girl is 12. She didn't have a phone. Like right. She wanted to oh, text okay. with That's... her. So she was like, she didn't have a phone. <laughs> yeah. Mom, yeah. let's make everybody have a phone. You right. get a phone and you get a phone. <laughs> right. Would you be able to share with us an Amuna success story? We have so many, mm. um, but um, just one, there's this little boy named David. He's still a work in progress, but I'm really anxious to see how this, this ends. And um, so this was a little kid. His father murdered his mom in front of him okay. and his brother. Oh, my. And the man was put into jail. Mother obviously died. And um, anyway, he ended up in the Muna home, and he was doing quite well. Two years later... His brother, who was 18 at the time when the murder happened, was too old. He made a decision not to go into a home, and he actually killed himself. So this little David, who was doing so well, two years later, he's sitting Shiva again in our home. Um, Oh, prior to that, actually, I forgot one piece. He thought his father would get a furlough to get out to go to his bar mitzvah. His father committed suicide. Oh, my God. So this little guy has had nothing but loss and i just actually recently asked about him again he's now i think he's about 18 17 now and he's doing really really well i mean he's had intense therapy a lot of therapy but he has a really good crew he's in the afula home who it's family and they're really you know making sure that this kid all efforts are being put into this one child to make sure he's successful wow i can't even imagine what kind of rehabilitation that a child needs, you know, trust and like family and yes. direction. And I mean, all, all that. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you support. I mean, you have, you have family, you're supporting with therapy. Um, therapy is the key to any of these kids. Like we need yeah. a lot of things, but if they don't have the therapy, then that's really the biggest piece. They're not going to be functioning adults and they'll probably repeat the, you know, the cycle a lot of times. Totally. So we raise a lot of money for like the government, I think gives, an hour a week we give not nearly enough yeah right so we give we raise monies to ensure that they have more i mean we have different types of therapies too like a lot of times the boys are not as open as the girls 
Mm-hmm. And so we have different methods. Like they have now a new one called bike therapy. Which so they, they take the kids bike riding mm-hmm. and the boy and the therapist will go and they find that it's been really great at getting them to speak mm-hmm. in a non-threatening environment. Um, it's Out private. Open, exercise. Yeah, yeah. No one's that. there. They feel safer. And so that's proving to be successful. Um, we have clown therapy, animal therapy. Yeah. So there's all different ways to, you know, art therapy to get these kids to talk. Wow, that's 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 amazing. You, you're you're constantly um, there's always challenges and, but it's one of those things. Maybe Amuna works for me because I do have tremendous Amuna. Like as cliche as it sounds. Yeah. And you know when I got married, you know having children, all these things I read about them, but sure. I never actually participated in them you know like the bris when my son had a bris it was a shabbos bris so my family i remember asking me okay so what's going to happen like i like to always give them the heads up mm, <laughs> and sure, right, right. what oh, to expect when funny. you're uh, yeah. at a bris and my father's very very he hates blood he gets nauseous he like faints anyway he so i told them you know we're gonna have the circumcision and then my dad my mom's like we're gonna do it right there i said yeah we're doing it right there so she's like and then to then what? And then we're going to have lunch. So she says, uh, let me get this straight. You're going to hack the end of my my, my grandson's penis off, and then we're going to eat bagels? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah. Sum it up nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was just and like my dad, he actually, he got, he was so close. He saw what was happening and he oh, got man. so woozy. Amateur mistake. Never look. He, he Never didn't look. know what was actually going to happen right there. And he ran out of the shul because he couldn't breathe. And he had his keeper on his head, and he was standing outside an Orthodox shul with his keeper on his head, having a cigarette. He smoked at that time. And he said, um, an old man was shuffling by and said, what are you doing? It's Shabbos. Don't be like a guy. And my dad was like, I am a guy. And he's like, <laughs> he's like no, you're not. Don't talk crazy. And my dad's like, <laughs> no, I, literally, can, I can show everyone. I am literally <laughs> not I'm Jewish. Yeah. No, wherever you go, you can always come back home. And don't <laughs> yeah. worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's like all of these things, like my family, like my mom came back from that breast. She says, why are all the Jews spitting on my grandson? And I'm like, what? She's like, every five minutes. Oh, he's so good looking. <laughs> so oh. I said, oh, yeah. I so, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's like, it's all these things like, you know, even by the bar mitzvah, my son's bar mitzvah, I forgot to tell him about the candy. So they were handing out the candies and like, there's a whole pew of my family, like my the men, my dad, his brother, my brother, uh, my cousins, and they're all sitting there and they got their little pechelachs. And, and my uncle goes, oh, this is such a good idea. They hand out snacks during <laughs> prayer. They should do this at church. <laughs> so they start eating their snacks. And then all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, they're getting whacked in the head. Oh, and my funny. dad's like, wow, way to tell the guys that, you know, you're getting, we got to throw the candies. He goes, we're eating them. Like that kind of thing. Like my dad's very funny. Like he's like, can you not buy guess, the teepee keepers? Like he, oh, goes, he, that's he knows just, the styles. He goes, that's an alert. <laughs> he's like, why don't you just put it on my head? Yeah, <laughs> let him know. This guy. Intruder. Warning, warning. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Overall, when people say, would you tell someone to convert? You have to have thick skin. Because there's always going to be someone telling you, you're once a shiksa, always a shiksa. The only true Jew is one with a blood transfusion. You know, Oof. it's harsh. Yeah, it could be harsh. Yeah, um, people can be mean. Yeah, people. but it, but I guess you know it's I, not to put words in your mouth, but like it's 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 it definitely sounds like you you know you've gone through a lot and 
if you're you're dedicated to this, you know, to to this way of life, you're gonna sh- you're gonna keep going. You know, no one's gonna really turn you off from your direction of where you want to go. And well, you know, my else. rabbi once said to me because when I went through a rough patch, um, you know, when I was getting divorced, um, he said to me, you know, just remember, you're not upset with Judaism, you're upset with Jews. And it was a really powerful thing for me um, because, you know, I do notice sometimes when I've heard people who get divorced or something, you know, and they go off the derech because, you know, they're disappointed or, and it's not really like, you know, you have to put in perspective. It, it's, it, it's a situation. You have a journey. Hashem puts you in a place where you are supposed to be. And, um, you have to have a Muna that and Petochum that this is where you got to go mm. and know that there's something better coming along. And um, so that for me was like a really powerful, simple, mm. but it was true. I had, it had everything I was going through had nothing to do with my faith in God. It was like, why? Why is this happening to me? I work so hard, you know, right. every day. Um, but um, so for me, it's just, um, I couldn't even imagine being anything else wow um so what 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 are some ways you strengthen your amuna what are some tips that you have or ways that you practice amuna um i talk to god a lot like a crazy person <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's, that's amazing yeah i have little conversations and you know in the car and i i just you know um and you know it it does God knows I'm a work in progress, you know, and I always know I can always do better. I can, you know, um, I think everybody can. And so for me, it's, you know, seeing, choosing to see the beauty as opposed to the negativity, keeping all that noise out of my head and, um, and just really knowing that I'm part of something incredible. Like overall, um, you know, you know, this is a really weird thing to say, but when I go into a room, and I think all Jews do this, we go in and we look for the Jews. You know, when you go somewhere, you're like, okay, where's the Jews, right? Looking for, looking for your kind, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm always so, like, when I'm in a room with you, sometimes I'm awestruck, like, wow, like, like Pesach time is always a hard time for me. But my friends who are Baltruva say the same thing, but I'm a little bit envious, and I'm not a jealous person, but you know, when you hear all the moms and daughters and talking about, okay, we're doing this for Pesach and this and this, I don't have that, you know. Mm. I tried to be inclusive with my family f- for holidays, you know, mm. um, and you, they came you, to a Pesach Seder and they said, we're good. You don't yeah. have to be so inclusive. That was like the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> this is good for this year. Just, yeah, forget our address for next year. Like <laughs> My mom was like, my God, I should have packed a lunch. I'm never, what do you mean there's nothing to eat while we read a story, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be, you know, immersive. Feel the pain, the tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they didn't kind of cop it. it. So they were like, we can be left out. Invite us for the fun ones. Sukkot, Hanukkah. I was going to ask if they have a favorite, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Wow, very cool. Well, that's amazing, Lori. Thank you so much for really sharing your uh, you, you know your story and your passion for Amuna and expressing your Amuna. I'm walking away inspired by it, and I I know hopefully those who are listening will um, will connect to it and, and be inspired as well. All right. Thank you very much. How Thanks can people hear us. more about uh, Amuna and where can they find that? Amuna.org, mm-hmm. and you can find out all the amazing things that we're doing. And as you mentioned earlier, we are evolving. We're looking for, you know, 
to invigorate. We're looking for volunteers. Always looking for donors. <laughs> oh, there you go. You, I have no shame, but you, I'm asking take for the, the children out? in Israel. Yes. You know, I'm oh, not nice. asking for myself. And, uh, yeah. Amazing. All yeah. right. Thank you very, very much. Thanks Incredible. so much. Thank you so much for listening. And big shout out to Lori for coming through and sharing her story. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and comment on this podcast, on this episode. And I always want to hear back from you. It really helps my growth and the growth of this podcast. And don't forget, Mondays is the day to mark on your calendars when new episodes of the Great Day Podcast are launched. So, of course, stay tuned and look out for those. And until then, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay, and have a great day.